right, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's our turn right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. As always, if you know what you want to talk about before we get into it, you can use that Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. You could pick up the phone and call us at 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino line. Or Twitter, at Josh on Ref, at Plank Show, at KREF Sports, at Buzz Tolson, at 947 The Ref. And as always, before we kick this bad boy off, first hour of the show is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Call Mark and test it today at 405-735-1167. Get your fencing needs taken care of through the premier partner. The premier partner. I've read too many liner cards. The premier fencing company in Oklahoma. Free estimates and customer satisfaction. Van Hoos Fence. Good morning. Welcome back. What's going on, Josh Helmer? How are you? Good morning. Doing fantastic. Did you have a nice 4th of July? Yeah. Sounds like you had a good little getaway. We did. We we got away yesterday. We we welcomed. We had family in on the 3rd and 4th. So it's kind of weird to think that we technically haven't been. We're not even two minutes into the show, and they already take the calendar out of the studio. Jeez, people. Um, it's kind of hard to imagine we haven't been on the air since the 1st, right? Like, we literally left you 24 hours after the USC-UCLA move became official and Kevin Durant requested a trade. It's almost like we had to take a couple of days to let everything settle in. But we kind of did like a almost double-slash-triple 4th of July celebration, which is big for me because if you've listened to this show with any regularity, Josh Elmer, 4th of July is number one, number one on my holiday depth chart. Now, if it if if baseball would wake up and do something around the Fourth of July that's a bigger deal than blacking out the Reds Mets game, how does that happen? How does the Reds Mets game on the MLB Network get blacked out? I mean, I, I was I was actually excited because the Fourth of July comes on a Monday. Listen, we were not doing much as a family. We had hosted people on the third, and in fact, you know the people that we actually liked came in on the second. So it was kind of fun. You had the, the afternoon on Saturday to spend time, finish the honeydews around the house. Saturday was all day. We didn't really – well, I guess we did cook out a little bit. We went with fajitas, Josh. Nothing says 4th of July like fajitas. I didn't have a hot dog this week, and I'm very upset about it. I got to fix that. very American of you. I got to fix that. Um, we had our – we had our – Fourth of July fireworks celebration that we that we went to. We went to all of them. We went to the trails. We went to the city of Norman. By the way, quick little side note on the city of Norman. When you see people that are sitting on lawn chairs in front of their cars watching it with thousands of other people in an open field, don't go driving through with your lights on, you dopes. It's a fireworks celebration. Why are you leaving in the middle of it? And people... We're not going to get anywhere with recreational marijuana if you're absolutely positively burning it nonstop at every turn around kids. Stop it. Stop it. Anyway, I digress. Holy smokes. The secondhand smoke at Reeves Park was out of this world. It was out of this world, Josh. As it was in Davis walking the cricks yesterday. Pretty groovy. People. 
I mean, listen, if we're going to get somewhere, show some restraint. We're going to be okay. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of people had some major medical issues during that with what was taking place. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to have that conversation. My frustration came in that every major holiday that I love, I love, Josh, but is circled and centered around a sporting event. Thanksgiving. What's Thanksgiving? Man, you get a triple header of NFL action. And then maybe a college football game mixed in. But that Friday, get a handful of rivalries. And then, you know, what had typified some Saturdays after Thanksgiving, Bedlam, right? And if you want to go back, oh, you Nebraska. But we're going back ways on that. Football around Thanksgiving. Football's taking over Christmas. Now, for some of us, Christmas is also when we start really paying attention to the NBA, right? It's when it ratchets. And the NBA, to its credit, has done everything it can to try to amp up its its Christmas matchups, right? So New Year's Day used to be bowl games, used to be college football. Hell, the NFL has taken that over. But like every holiday, it's centered around a sport. Baseball didn't even have the Yankees playing on the 4th of July. <laughs> and and every game I want to watch is like bleeping blacked out. What do we come on, baseball? And it's tailor made for baseball to own the holiday. I've got to watch some dude cram the hot dogs down his throat and feign interest in Jake Cutler playing cornhole. Which by the way, I watched all of Jake Cutler playing cornhole on Friday night. I don't know what was wrong with me. I don't know if it was just there was no there was no other options. There's none. So wait a second. You're here this morning not to proclaim Joey Chestnut as the greatest athlete of the last 20 years? No, I'm not. After he choked that dude out? That was, I will admit, I do, question, why did they not address it on the broadcast? Good question. I mean, my man Jason Fitz is right down there in the, the, the spray zone, as they used to call it. I mean, they're... I understand that you don't want to give credence to protesters, but you know how you do that is you increase your security. How is that guy able to just walk right next to him? Do you know what they were? They call it the Smithfield Death Star because it's where, I guess, pigs are slaughtered for hot dogs. Which, by the way, I'm not here to try to get into some sort of political debate, but don't really – what's your end game there? You're wearing a Darth Vader mask. You think people are going to go – you think Joey Chestnut in the middle of slamming down his 60th hot dog in 10 minutes is going to go, you know, I had a light bulb moment up there whenever that guy in the Darth Vader mask jumped in and said, you know, in the Death Star, where I just realized, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. No! What are you doing? Darth Vader here to remind us that the Rebel Alliance, in fact, very much in favor of slaughtering pigs for hot dogs. I digress. I... I just got very frustrated because I felt like there was so much going on, and yet we're having, to tennis fans, Wimbledon crammed down our throat. I'm not a big Wimbledon person. I watched one match. And baseball is kind of like, ah, you know what? We'll just we'll rest a little bit, take some time. And it magnified the stupidity of the, the blackout rules in Major League Baseball. Angry. But you know what will bring us back? The MLB draft, which is this Sunday. Coming up later on in the show, Danny um, Danny Wetzelman, who was on the what she was on the TV call with ESPN 
of the College World Series, the Men's College World Series. Danny took a little vacay, got back, and is on the grind. She's getting ready for the draft on Sunday. We'll do a little baseball recap with Danny coming up in the 10 a.m. hour this morning. The Newcastle Casino, top five stories of the day of the weekend are coming up in hour number three. But I feel like we, as I eventually get to the opening segment, my complaints over baseball, I'm laying out the weekend, anything else I need to Grinch about? Anything you need to Grinch about from this weekend? No, I feel great, and I'm glad you were able to also Grinch about folks leaving the fireworks show early. You sit there all day. You wait all day. Got to the, the traffic. For the fire. You're going to be stuck in traffic. There's no easy way out, okay? There's like three ways out. Like, if I cut down there, everyone is. St- everyone knows your shortcuts to leave Reeves Park, okay? There's no. Yeah, Reeves Park. There's no magical shortcut that you have that nobody else knows. Was the show good? It was amazing. You know, the show at Trails and the show at um, at the City of Norman were, were Reeves amazing. Park. What did I say? City- well, you said City of Norman. Okay. But- City of Norman, Reeves Park. We're amazing. Amazing. Trails gets better every single year. And that's open to the community. That's open to the public. It's a blast. Go set up on the – see, what tee box is that? Is that 16? I think it's 16. Go set up on the, the 16th tee box. Watch the fireworks. Oh, it's awesome. Drive home. Get a good night's rest. Wake up. Go watch uh, City of Norman. And it's fire. It was awesome, dude. And yeah, people are leaving, leaving early in the middle of a. Oh, we'll catch it in the car. You know, we'll get in the car. Listen, while you're sitting there enjoying the fireworks, I'm gonna take my high beams and flash them right into your pathetic little faces. Okay? <laughs> Don't mind us. Don't mind us. Show's over here. So anyway, I'm oversaturated on conference movement talk. So let's let's go. Let's get after what everyone wants to talk about in Norman, Oklahoma, and across college football country. When we left you on Friday, we left you with a very simple question. Eight teams, right? Four in each conference for the Pac-12, or excuse me, uh, the Big Ten and the SEC. Which, by the way, for some reason, I have not consistently said Pac-12 today. I've said Big 12 like a thousand times, so just prepare yourself for it. I don't know why. I don't know why it's stuck in my brain. I'll be better. But we went through four candidates for each, right? And which, which way that we thought this might go. As the we, we, We've written kind of a roller coaster of reports – and what we should take seriously and what isn't. So let me start with just a general thought. On Friday, the Arizona 24-7 site reported that Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado were in deep discussions to join the Big 12. Now, I didn't put too much into it because why? What is one lesson we've learned on this show? College football reporters love to confirm reports. If there is a a report out there, Adam Rittenberg, Nicole Arbach, Dennis Dodd, Barrett Salee, Andy Staples, Ari Wasserman, whomever you – and like some random TV guy in some market of Birmingham. There's college football people and reporters – love Josh they love to confirm reports and what happened after this Arizona report came out absolutely nobody confirmed it and again if there is one thing we know if there's a report out there that has some legs someone's going to confirm it at some point 
Let's fast forward. Kind of a quiet weekend, right? Not much on Saturday, not much on Sunday. All we had was this report from the Arizona 24-7 website. Again, not discrediting it, just I have my, okay, what is really going on here? And then Dennis Dodd has his report last night, which seemed to be kind of a mirror of this report. So I thought, huh, this is interesting. Okay, maybe there's something to it. Literally, Josh, an hour after that report, the Arizona State Athletic Director comes out and says, no, no, hey, we're committed to the Pac-12. We're not. We're committed to the Pac-12 and seeing this out. And then literally moments after that, and maybe the timeline's off a little bit, but you get it. Moments after that, the Pac-12 says, we've authorized the conversations with TV networks to begin. It is on. We might not have our 12 teams anymore, but we still got 10. And we're going to start shaping our TV package to maybe entice and um, maybe in some instances dissuade people from joining the Pac-12. And then just when you think, okay, maybe, maybe there's something to this, maybe there's not, comes a report this morning, which I'm still trying to get my arms around, and maybe it was late last night. The ACC and the Pac-12 are discussing a loose partnership that could include a combined championship game in Vegas. So, for me, per, as someone who has lived, I've I've overindulged on podcasts and I've read every article out there. I, I'm trying to do everything I can to come in here on a Wednesday morning and sound educated and informed and dialed in. I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, I, I, do, I don't can't think of any other way to put it. And it seems to be the case in conference realignment conversations because depending on how you believe, the Big 12 is on the verge of getting four teams from the Pac-12 and thus imploding everything the Pac-12 has going. Or the Pac-12 has a strong relationship with the 10 teams that are staying with it, and then might be predatory in some nature to go at a few, depending on what their new TV contract looks like. Or maybe there's a possible partnership with the ACC. And then in all of this, you're kind of watching those golden domers to see what Notre Dame might be thinking. Do we have any more clarity at 918 on this Wednesday morning? about where we might be headed next? Not really. We, we know that everybody's talking to everybody. We know that the Big 12 would like to, if it can, add those Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, and the Arizona State president coming out and saying, we're not going to the Big 12. We're committed here. I'll believe it when I see it in a couple of months. We know that Oregon and Washington have – not quietly tried to get into the Big Ten Conference. Oh, I, I left that little bullet point out. Good point. Thank you. So that's an interesting carrot in all of this is depending on what happens with Notre Dame, if Notre Dame finally makes that jump and goes to the Big Ten, well, then I think we could be in a situation where two weeks, a month from now, we're talking about two 20-team leagues in the SEC and Big Ten 
But if Notre Dame stands pat and remains an independent and says, nah, we're good with what we've got, you know, so much of the conversation about Notre Dame plank is that they're most concerned with access. It's not a monetary figure for Notre Dame, which you know where I stand on that. I've for a long time believed, yeah, that's that's great in theory as an independent to value your independence and only care about, well, do we have a path to a college football playoff or whatever the future playoff format looks like that would determine a college football national champion? Do we have that access? Scheduling, right? Can, can we still schedule the way that we've historically scheduled? And if the answer is yes to both of those, that's all well and good. I just think eventually you get to the point to where you've had a great relationship with NBC, but is that relationship with NBC on its own, is that going to be better than what the Big Ten or SEC schools are getting? I don't think so. One one thing, one little caveat that I didn't mention is that Dennis Dodds in his report, or Dennis Dodd, excuse me, in his report, did add Oregon and Washington. So instead of just four, six teams that the Big 12 was looking at. So that I don't think Oregon and Washington, my opinion, and we're going to get Jeff Schwartz on this week to talk about it. I think Oregon and Washington, who appear to be pretty tight at the hip, if they don't get into the Big 10, I don't think they're interested in jumping to the Big 12. I think they're going to try to see what they can make work with the Pac-12. That's just my feel on it. Or the SEC. Or the SEC. Now, what if the SEC says, Oregon, we'd love to have you. We have no interest in Washington. Bye. I don't think Washington. Bye, Felicia. I don't think Washington or Oregon's going to wait around for Washington. I will say we have learned a lot about the S- the ACC grant of rights, which everyone wanted to fight with me about on Friday. I was like, listen, I don't doubt it. It's a legal document and it's a problem, but there's ways around it. And as we've learned this weekend, there's ways around it. <laughs> That according to some reports, some schools have already started to investigate and see what could be next for the ACC. Here, here's the other part of it. Oh, let's break. There's another part of this that honestly hasn't been discussed at a at a true, well, what's the best way to put it, at a true ground floor level that I'm kind of concerned about. And it involves the TV aspect. And we'll get to it next right here on The Ref. I literally saw you walk like you were going that way. And then I looked you teleported yourself back into the Brown O'Haver studios. Well done. I can teleport around this studio with the best of them. Air Comfort Solutions text line is 405-651-3439. We'll hit the best uh, of those at the bottom of each hour. Danny Waxelman at 10 at 30 minutes from Danny Waxelman coming on with us. And then in hour three, the top five stories of the day. So there's just one concern that I have about the TV side of things. TV execs haven't always made the best decisions. I mean, that's just, that's one thing that always concerns me a little bit. And I think about all the money put into pilot episodes of shows and all the promotions of the number one hit of the fall that I've never even heard of before in my life and end up massive failures. There is a part of me that, when you realize that TV is orchestrating a lot of this, then I pause and I'm like, you know, TV screwed up quite a bit too. Don't get me wrong. NCAA, college sports, you can say they've screwed up quite a bit. But like, I don't know. I don't know. The, the more I thought about it, it's almost as if TV has said, 
And fans, you probably feel this too. We have no time for your Oklahoma Kent State game. We have no time for your USC showdown with with gosh Cal. We have no time anymore for any of these mid major matchups. Josh, it's almost as if they're saying we need a banger every weekend. We need an absolute ratings monster every single weekend. And and, and more than one. And every network wants it. I've been I've been hearing a lot of buzz about NBC and their involvement in the new Big Ten deal and how one of the major desires for NBC is to have a primetime must-see matchup in the Big Ten, which would make for a perfect fit for Notre Dame, right? But Notre Dame doesn't want to play all of its games in primetime. So what do you do? You bring in a couple of teams from the West Coast who could play some bangers. You don't, they don't want you to play, all right, ladies, here's one of our new songs. They want the greatest hits every single night. And it's just, I, I want it, I, but it's just not reality, right? They want USC Michigan. Every, they want USC Ohio State. They want Oklahoma, Alabama. They want Texas, Georgia. They want the big uh, – go down, USC, Penn State, UCLA, Penn State. They want all of these big-time matchups, and they want them all. And they want them all in prime time. Because – by the way, I always imagine every executive, like, smoking a cigar. I did watch UHF this weekend as my bad 90s-slash-80s comedy. That's Weird Al Yankovic. Shot a, shot a lot, by the way, in Tulsa. Not very good. Not very good. But um, Weird Al did? Yeah, Weird Al did a movie called UHF. And a lot of it was shot in Tulsa. So now every single time I think of a TV executive, I think of a guy that's got a big cigar. And, you know, it's kind of like. So I see these fat cats, which it's not the case. It's just in my mind. They're like, I don't care about them being in your conference. Give me Notre Dame, Alabama. <laughs> Give me Oklahoma versus Notre Dame, and I want it to be a conference matchup, and I want it to be in our most viewed time slot. TV screws up a lot, man. They really do. So, it's funny, speaking of that, the Pac-12 at its core and the brilliant George Klaivkov, that's sarcasm, did screw up a lot too, right? Because one thing that I did think of quite a bit this week and beyond just, boy, we're Putting a lot in the eggs of TV. It's, well, they got all the money. Guess you're right. But are we in this situation? I mean, it, it, maybe it's inevitable. Maybe UCLA and USC inevitably were going to the Big Ten. But are we in this situation, Josh, if the Pac-12, or excuse me, the 12-team playoff had been agreed upon, high-fived, hand-shook, and all those things? And we lived in a world right now where even with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, the 12-team playoff was a reality. Are we even in this? I still think so, I yes. think we might be, too. Now, Notre Dame might not be in play. No. They'd be very comfortable with their independent status because apparently money's of no priority right. to Notre Dame. And in a 12-team playoff, I don't know why I just – had to go Jim Moore. Playoffs? In a 12-team playoff, what is Notre Dame always going to have, Josh? They're always going to have a seat at that table. If they're good. Right. Always. There's never going to be a question of a one-loss, uh, depending on the schedule they play, Josh, maybe a two-loss Notre Dame team being in that conversation. 
But if this doesn't expand, and, and here's the other thing. I heard Andy Staples brought this up this morning, and my mind was, you realize when the last year of the TV contract is with the playoffs, right? It's 25. Yeah, sneaking up. What's after 25? When Oklahoma and Texas, the Grand Rites are up. They go to the SEC. Yep. Big Ten will have – I mean, there's no guarantee that the college football playoff exists as we know. No, I that, – that's 25. What, that's what you and I were discussing a little bit last week. I, I think it's a complete reality that it's a possibility that this college football playoff that we think we have, right. we don't have any more. You, you hear a lot of people talk about – well, it's kind of turning into the AFC NFC light. Sure, that's totally feasible, especially the the more this thing goes in that direction for the Big Ten and the SEC. If they each get to twenty, maybe eventually twenty four teams, that probably is how you will determine your major national champion, champion of the Big Ten versus the champion of the SEC. And I don't know that that's healthy for college football. I don't either. Be treated, treated like high school football. What uh, class do you win your championship in? Oh, 5A, congratulations. That's awesome, man. 4A, great. You know, is that what college football is going to become? We were the national champs. Were you division? I mean, where do you have division two, II, division three, II, division four? Sit some of the Air Comfort Solutions text when we get back. 405-651-3439. It is the best way to get in touch with the program 405-651-3439. Danny Waxelman is coming up at 10 a.m. Plus your calls on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line if you want to get in here. 405-329-9000. He's Josh. I'm Plank. This is the Plank Show right here on The Ref. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line. We hit it at the bottom of every hour. 405-651-3439. Uh, BFC has checked in. He goes, sorry about all the smoke from the fireworks show, Plank. I forgot kids were there. It, it it wasn't smoke from the fireworks show, PFC. <laughs> it was smoke from something else. Uh, I think it's a good point. Paul in Midwest City writes, if the Big 12 wants to seriously add Oregon and Washington, they need to publicly state they take Oregon State and Washington State. Now, I, I don't know if that's as important as it might appear. In fact... I don't think it's important at all. It's wild to think this, and I I listened to Jeff Schwartz and his podcast, Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You, and he actually kind of pointed to Oklahoma and, Texas, or Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State and said, oh, you and OSU, issues, in his mind, were even more locked than Washington, Washington State is, and Oregon and Oregon State would be. You know, they play each other every year. They all have their rivalries, but – it's two athletic departments that don't appear. Now, as I say all this, I want to make it very clear. I'm not trying to come across as this is the gospel. This is how it's going to be. This is a very fluid situation. And I know some of you hate that term, but it's the reality of it. I can sit here and tell you that this is how it's going to happen. The, the Big 12 is not in as strong of a spot as it thinks it is. The Pac-12 said, oh, yeah, we'll join you, but we, we don't want to be a part of something with those four new teams that you're bringing in. You want us to be a part of your league? Here's our six teams, and you got to say adios to Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and Houston. Houston. 
do I always forget Houston? Well, <laughs> it's easily. And and when the Big Ten, when the Big Twelve said no, some say the Pac twelve was like, all right, peace out. We're 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 done later. So right, we don't know. There could be people that are doba right now with their reporting, and there could be be people that are the absolute opposite of whatever doba is. I think we just exist in a world now because of Oklahoma's well, and really even dating back, Texas A and M's move away from Texas. Oklahoma's move away from Oklahoma State. How, how seriously did USC pound on the table and say, we'll come to the Big Ten, but we have to have UCLA with us? Mm. Or did the Big Ten just say, you know what? That'll totally lock down the Los Angeles market. Right. I would imagine it was more the latter. So my point in saying that is we've kind of already – the train's already left the station on schools – not being super tied at the hip to longtime rivals, to to a lot of those regional rivalries. And, Absolutely. In Oregon, Oregon State dynamic, Washington, Washington State. Look, it's dog-eat-dog dog right now. It's uh, We have to secure our athletic future. And so I can't imagine that either Oregon or Washington – Publicly, they'll take the stance, oh, we really wanted to have Oregon State or sure. Washington State come with us. They don't care. They'll go tomorrow without them. They, yes, they would. I think you're, I think you're absolutely 100% on, too. People might look at it and say, well, UC, USC wouldn't go without UCLA. Eh. I'm pretty sure they would have. I think this was a situation if the Big Ten came and said, we'll bring you USC, but we want to bring Oregon with you instead of UCLA. I don't think USC would have said, no, no, you take UCLA or you don't take any of us. Did you say 100 million? <laughs> 100 annually? Oh, okay. Yeah, forget about UCLA. Um, from the 918, Weird Al. Uh, well, first of all, we got two UHF tweets. Uh, this one from the 405. UHF is one of the best cult classics ever. Weird Al is a genius and one of the most respected people in the music industry. I don't know if that's – well, he is very respected, by the way, because it's more than just like Eat It and all of his other spoof songs that he did. I I will not – I laughed hysterically at a couple of things in UHF. Like, laughed hysterically. You know, Kramer – is the, is one of the stars of the movie. Really? Yeah, Cosmo Kramer is the janitor who gets his big break in hosting a kid's show. Oh, that's pretty interesting. And, and arguably one of the greatest scenes in any movie is like, oh, Johnny One, you know what that means? He gets to drink from the fire hose. And he puts a kid in front of a fire hose and blows him across the room. <laughs> someone, someone writes in the 918, it's a great movie, and Weird Al was on blow the whole time. How what? Was he really? Probably. Maybe so. Well, after watching it, not a shock. The Rambo scene near the end is pretty good, too. They're literally standing two inches from each other, and the guy is shooting him and missing him. It sounds like the type of movie that I could find on Tubi. Tubi. Yeah, exactly. That's where, Of course, that's where I find all these terrible movies. And the funny part is I actually was letting my kid watch a little bit of it. And it's not, I mean, it's, there's some, it's kid friendly, but there's a couple parts you're like, oh, you need to go in the other room. Forgot about this. Forgot yeah, about this. Get out of here for a minute. Uh, here's a good one. This is a really good point for the 918. All of the real college football fans absolutely love watching games like K State, OSU, Nebraska, Michigan State, Arizona, BYU. We don't need or want Georgia, Ohio State every single game. 
You're right. But they got you, dude. Or ma'am. They got you. They don't care about you. You're in. You and I are in. We're not the P1 that needs to be super served here. They're out for, what's that magical number that we talk about? for The viewing? 4 million club. They're out for the 4 million club, man. You're in. I'm in. I love Kansas State, Kansas. I love Oklahoma State, Baylor. And the TV network's hope is if they can get this to the point to where the Big Ten and the SEC are two mega conferences, and basically they dictate everything in terms of really the the games with true sure. gravity in the sport, their hope is that it's no longer the 4 million club they're looking at, that they're talking about, well, what's our 8 million club games? Right. They want this to turn into something similar to the National Football League. That's the hope. Yeah. Where every weekend in the National Football League, you get a big-time matchup. It might be. It is, And it's people are so spoiled now that – you're mad if you don't help. Oh, this game doesn't have any playoff implications. You're like, but it's the, it's the Seahawks and the Niners. <laughs> don't care. You know, that's how we become with the NFL. That's how the audience is with college football. Beyond us diehards, right? We're here. We're hooked. We're in. We're there. I agree with you 100%, man. We're on the same wavelength. I don't need bangers every single week, and I'm fine. But it's a world where they're battling for more eyes, and there's never going to be a time where it's enough. You know, I totally agree with what that texter said. I agree 100%. with you. I'm in, right? I, I don't need Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Alabama every week, Georgia, Florida. I, I enjoy Georgia, South Carolina. I'll, I'll tune in for that. Some of these other games, Michigan State, Purdue, I, I, I'm here for it. That being said, one of the problems that college football had is that there's too much Oklahoma UTAP, right? I mean, this is a move by the TV networks to try and eliminate those kinds of games. Who knows if we arrive at this particular point if there were less of those games in the schedule to begin with. Probably we still do. Probably we still do. Sean texted us a little while ago and asked the question, would we be at this point if the Big 12 hadn't kind of bent over backwards for Texas all that many moons ago and frustrated the Nebraskas and Missouris and Texas A&Ms and Colorados of the world. If those first defections from the Big 12 didn't happen, would we still be here? I think signs point to yes because it feels like the consolidation of power was still going in the direction of the Big 10 and the SEC, but not getting Texas A&M is substantial for the SEC, sure. right, in terms of TV negotiations. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, from the 405, OU never walked away from their biggest rival. In fact, they went to the SEC with them. They walked away from the little brother. Why does that have to be a thing? By the way, speaking of my desire to have our texters be more like Dave Garrett, TF14573, he unfollowed me on Twitter. Maybe that, maybe that made him mad. Oh, you don't think that he liked us? I don't know. Poking, I don't know. It's poking just, a little bit it, of fun. Maybe it was. Either that or I might have. I mean, played. come on. He's got to admit it was a little dorky. Well, that Twitter feed's kind of gone left of left, so I'm not here to complain about it right now. Um, Big Bad Wolf, one more real quick one before we grab a break, right? I'm hyping up General Booty like they hyped up Joey Chestnut. He who holds all the power. The mighty myth among us, General Booty. Did you hear the way that they announced the winner? Of the 
hot dog eating championship. Did you did you hear that crazy man with the mic? What he said? <laughs> uh, share it. All right, hold on. I will hold on. Two seconds. We'll take littering it. and littering and. All right, here you go. This was the announcement of Joey Chestnut as the winner of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship. Now, once you hear this, you'll have to wonder: Did he solve world hunger? Did he find a cure for cancer? Did he end wars across all countries? Or did he win a hot dog eating competition? You decide. And now, the 15-time champion of the world with 63 Nathan's famous hot dogs and buns. Look on his works, ye mighty and despair, for he has surpassed <laughs> the kings of Egypt and the rock on which he stands is not a rock. It is the United States of America with 63 Nathan's famous hot dogs and buns for his 15th championship, Joey Chestnut! I like it. I'm here for it. I think it's exciting. <laughs> I can't get down with the hot dog eating competition. It just doesn't interest me at all. I watch it. I don't feel like it needs to be more than a, <laughs> that was something. I'm not here to be like, Peter King acts so offended every time he watches it, and I have certain people in my circle that does as well, and you're like, eh, come. It, it can be in the middle, you know? It doesn't have to be the greatest thing you ever see. It doesn't have to be the worst. Calm down. It's very disgusting, though. All right, quick break. We should now look upon the kings and queens of Joey Chestnut or whatever that is. Is that from a movie or something? Is that a Game of Thrones reference? Or is that just some dude hopped up on whatever, hopped up on hot dog sauce, ready to roll? Hopped up on Joey C. Hype. Guess so. All right, it's 9.50. Danny Wexelman coming up after the top of the hour right here on The Ref. Listen to this about a thousand times after the show on Friday. I had to double check because I didn't know the name of it. I just thought it was take a load off. I didn't know it was called the wait. <laughs> you could probably find it by searching that. Yeah. I always thought they said take a load off Kenneth. So I did learn that's not. Take a load off, Kenneth. That's what I thought they said. <laughs> All those songs where you think that they say something else, you're like, oh, okay, that's not what they say. And it doesn't even sound like it whenever I re-listen to it. Annie? Like, Annie Janney is what Janny? it is. Yeah. I looked it up while I was driving. Very illegal. Uh, there's one thing, just real quick to wrap up hour number one, Danny Wexelman's going to join us to recap the Sooners World Series run from her mighty perch at ESPN and preview the draft this weekend. One thing that I do crack up about, and it's maybe it's a me thing, is, is those who act like suddenly that these college football programs at other schools are going to shut down. It's like, oh, what is Oregon State going to do? What is They're going to go play a football game. They're going to go play a season. They're going to continue to have opportunities to play. Now, it's not going to be as profitable as it once was for them. But here's what I've I've noticed, because everyone that wants to say, well, it's all about brands now. Do you know what makes a brand more attractive than anything else? Winning. 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 Oregon State, we could be having a conversation about them in the likes of Oregon or Clemson or whomever if the next thing you know you look up for five straight seasons and they're on the fringe of the top four of not playing. 
for a national championship. Prior to 2000, well, let me go. Prior to Brent Venables getting to Clemson, there was something called Clemsoning, where they couldn't get past the biggest hurdle in their schedule and compete for a win a national championship. Guess what? No one's saying that anymore. So this, this whole idea about, well, they want the biggest brands. Well, guess what makes a big brand? Winning. USC's brand is in trouble. I don't – if it doesn't work with Lincoln Riley, and I'm pretty sure it's going to, you know what are they adding to the Big Ten? Do people in L.A. care about USC when they suck? No. They care even less about UCLA. So, to me, we're all we're all oohing and on over it, but there's a part of me that thinks, huh, a little bit risky on the part of the Big the Big Ten. They have not necessarily hit home runs in their last few conference expansion moves. They've brought in Maryland, Rutgers. What? what? The Big Ten, it's not gone well in expansion for them. Now, they're making more money than you could ever make. So on the financial side, that's great. But on the field, we're still talking about three and a half teams. Really, two and a half. Really, one and a half. We're talking about Ohio State. And then, what, Michigan made the playoffs this year, but are we still looking at them as being a team that's going to be back in 23? USC was the 32nd most watched team in 2021. We are betting on a brand, all right. Now, TV execs say, yeah, whatever. We're going to bank on Los Angeles. We're going to be fine. We'll take L.A. They're just not that well followed. Why? Because they're not good. All right, Danny Waxelman is next on The Plank Show.